0: Good morning. Thank you for being here. Perhaps when you walked into the church and saw all the trees and the lights and the candles, you may have wondered if this festive Christmas backdrop was appropriate for a wake and a funeral. But then again, if you knew Margie, the religious, the artist, the author, the teacher, the wife, you would know that she would not have had it any other way. So it's no surprise that she was called home to the Lord on Christmas, the day that we celebrate Jesus Christ as God incarnate, fully human, fully divine, born of Mary, to live among us, and in order to show us and teach us the key to eternal life with God. And all of that comes down to just one thing. How well do we love As we heard in the second reading, John reminds us that this is the foundation of our faith, that God's love for us is so great that God sent his only Son into the world so that we may have life through him by learning to love others as much as God loves us. It's really that simple. See, for our our short time in this life, it's not going to be measured on whether we're Presbyterian or Catholic, married or divorced. Single or religious, or how many times we went to church, nor any other ego-centered, self-imposed restrictions that we want to place on God's love, as disappointing as that may be for some. For our final judgment it will not be before a king who sits on a throne with the scales of justice. Rather, we'll be all about our self-reflection on only one question: How well did we love? So it's not surprising that early on in this ministry, Jesus taught the Beatitudes, which I just read in this gospel. Recognizing the Ten Commandments simply tell us what we should do or not do, the Beatitudes describe for us what it should be like if we're living in the kingdom of God here and now. They speak of the qualities that go beyond just following the law, so that our eyes and our minds and our hearts are open to a lifestyle based on cooperation, vulnerability, and love. Past few weeks as the family sat vigil around Margie, I had the privilege to review some of the files she left me and then reflect on how she lived her life in love with God and with others. So let me share with you a few of what I feel are some of her personal beatitudes that she lived by. Blessed are those who listen to God's voice, for their lives will be transformed. Margie was a native of Maplewood, New Jersey, and raised a Presbyterian. At the age of 24, converted to Catholicism, attributing it to, in her words, hearing and feeling the grace of God within her. Two years later, she entered the order of the Holy Child of Jesus. It was an order founded by Cornelia Connolly, I found it was interesting. She's an American-born wife and mother and zealous convert from Presbyterian. Her religious sisters were trained as educators, and Connolly rooted her community in the heritage of respect for the dignity of all people. Their motto was action, not words. And Sister Mary Benjamin, later known as Sister Margie Gilbert, took those words to heart. For she had the courage and grace to act on the voice she heard from within, the voice of the indwelling divine. Blessed are those who teach others about loving God, for they will feel God's presence. After a few different assignments, Sister Margie soon landed at Oakville School in Summit. It's where our, first, our family first met her in 1968. And even at an early age of nine, I can still remember the first time I met her. My mom had just been hired at you know, to teach math and science, and she was able to then place my youngest sister, Mary Jo, who was age four at that time, into the kindergarten. So it was late one summer afternoon, and Mom took Mary Jo and I over so we could meet Mary Jo's school teacher, Sister Margie. I remember her as someone I would not mess with. She was very sweet, but she was very strict and extremely well-organized. Her classroom, there was nothing out of place. Trust me, right now, heaven is getting a bit rearranged. (laughs) Truth be told, I was a bit happy that I was Mary Jo's teacher and it was not gonna be my teacher. But little did I know that uh, how this was for my family, a beginning of a lifelong friendship and so much more, which would change our lives forever. So during her ten- tenure at Oatno, Margie was an incredible teacher, not only for Mary Jo, but for all the children of the school. During her early years, she wrote a number of award-winning books, including one co-authored by her mom. In 1974, she wrote a book that helped parents teach the faith to their children called Faith at an Early Age. I did find you can buy copies somewhere online. Her ideas were somewhat really remarkable for that time and still provide sound advice today. For example, when she wrote, Don't be overly focused on trying to teach your child too much about God too soon. Instead, using prayers of thanksgiving, first impress upon boys and girls the love God has for them and the need for them to love others. Wow. It was then in 1975 she wrote and produced the only authorized and approved children's version of Godspell bringing the Gospel of Matthew alive for so many grammar school students. Here's what she had to say in an interview. God's made Jesus come alive for me as both humorous and human. The songs made me dance, body, heart, and soul. I knew there was something that had to be shared and experienced for children. And so that's what she did. Actions, not words. For it was through her books and film strips and plays and classes and how she lived her life that gave children so many lessons about God's love. Blessed are those who point to others on how God is working through them, for they will experience the kingdom of God here and now. In 1978, Margie decided to leave the religious order and to follow her calling to open the eyes of others of how God is working through them. By working at a number of parishes in our diocese as the director of religious education, including this parish right here, St. Paul's. But truth be told, her favorite parish by far was St. Mary's in Colt's Neck, whose pastor is our main celebrant, Father Bausch. It was her first assignment after leaving the convent, and she was met with welcomed arms and a supportive community. During that time, she was asked to write a short piece about how St. Mary's impacted her life. And this is what she wrote in part. St. Mary's was a spiritual sanctuary for me when I left my religious life. I knew I would need to continue to nourish my soul the way it had been so carefully tended for over 20 years in religious life. The liturgies, the activities, the ministries, and of course, Father Bausch's homilies were all truly an answer to my prayer. Marjorie would go on to spend many years using her artistic and musical and spiritual and God-given talents to break open the gospel for adults and children alike throughout this diocese and beyond to help make people aware of how God works through each and every one of us. Blessed are they who give glory to God in love of others they will be loved in return. Our beloved mom died in November 2000. (laughs) And our dad's heart and all our hearts were broken. He had faced a long 10-year journey of dealing with mom's health issues, and he was now alone. (laughs) So it didn't take long for word to get out that dad was a 71-year-old highly desirable bachelor. So every so often, he accepted a handful of dinner invitations from local widows, but he always stayed connected with Margie, who lived down the block. So it was a year after Mom died, early in December of 2001, that I got a call from Dad. And this is how it went. He's like, uh, Jim, I just want to let you know, um, Margie and I are dating. Now, mind you, I have four boys, they're all teenagers or pre-teens. I'm really worried about who they're dating, I'm really not worried about who Dad's dating. Uh, but a week later, the phone rang again. It was Dad. Uh, Jim, um, I just want to let you know, things are kind of getting serious between Margie and I. Really, we have this conversation. Okay, Dad, well, that's, that's great. I'm really happy for you. And then, yes, only a week later. So, uh, Jim, so I just wanted to give you a call. I'm going to be calling all your siblings. I just want to let you know, uh, Margie and I are going to get married next year. It's like... Okay, well, we'll get the champagne out. Congratulations. And I think he had set a date in June, and then called and said, we're going to get married earlier so we go to Ireland because we don't want to go ahead and have a scandal among the grandchildren. I'm like, okay, Dad. (laughs) So for the next six and a half years, the two of them immensely enjoyed their life together. Even in their 70s, they were experiencing what love for each other and for God was like in a whole new way when Dad died after a very short illness in August of 2008, Marjorie's world just changed forever. But if you could read the writings that she wrote following Dad's death, you would hear the words of someone who profoundly missed and loved her spouse, and thus learn that the penalty for deep and real love is pain. They go hand in hand. In faith, we call this the paschal mystery of death and resurrection. See, that's why Jesus gave us the Beatitudes. That's why Margie lived a life emulating her own self described Beatitudes. That's why every day you and I must choose to live in love. It's a conscious decision. It's one that comes with a price, but it carries eternal reward. It was a decision that Margie made every day of her life in her conversion, her teaching, her mentoring, her ministry, and her role as wife and lover. In closing, perhaps one or more of Margie's Beatitudes may create a spark in your own life which will open you up to the ever-presence of the indwelling spirit, the presence of God who will take away your wounds and your hurts and your sorrow to allow God's love to flow in you through you, with you, and upon all those around you. See, We we leave here today knowing that our faith tells us that Margie's death is simply a rebirth into the kingdom of God, which is still yet to come for all of us. So indeed, all these trees and all these lights and candles, I think they're a real good reminder for all of us to rejoice, knowing that she's now rejoined her siblings and her parents my parents and the entire communion of saints where she sees the shining face of God who calls out to her welcome home Margie rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great